years and got here just in the nick of time. What does that make us? Big damn heroes, sir. Ain't we just? I'm gonna tell you something. I'm Star-Lord. I formed the Guardians. Met a girl, fell in love. That girl died, but then she came back. Came back a total dick. Oh, please. He left out some important information, but that is the gist of it. Whoever it was that you were in love with, it sounds more like her. Her? That's Do not bring me into this. <laughs> Knock it off! What? Just never noticed how black your eyes were. They were replaced by my father as a method of torture. He, he picked a pretty set. Hello and welcome to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM, the film and TV radio show where a handful of film enthusiasts shoot the breeze about all things film and television. I'm Marcus E. Ako and I am giddy with excitement at the fact that Secret Invasion is now available on Disney+. Plus. I am producer Dave. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that as well, but I won't be watching it until later. Um, I haven't got Disney Plus at the moment. I can't. <laughs> <it. laughs> you know, to be honest, I, okay, I saw it pop up today, right? It just popped up this this afternoon, and I was like, I want to watch it straight away. But I know what I'm like. You know, we've had this whole conversation about me binge, you know, binge watching stuff and and all that stuff. And I I could I could do the periodic watching. I could watch one episode and then wait a whole week and then watch another one. But this this is Samuel L. Jackson, baby. Coming back is Nick Fury. And it's gonna be it's got it's it's back into espionage and proper grounded, you know, spy craft thriller action from Marvel, right? And I ooh, I I don't I don't know if I want to just I, if I if I can wait to watch one episode uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'll probably have to I probably will do I'll say no 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 I'll I'll hold back but my willpower is as weak as uh, I, I don't know I, I, was gonna, I was gonna I was gonna say something but it's it's very it, very only only very rude analogies popped into my head at that exact moment so I was like no I don't want to say that so I'm just gonna back away from that but just imagine someone with very weak willpower in a place where they're surrounded by a lot of temptation that's who I am when it comes to any Marvel uh product so 
most likely, we, we I'll, I'll tell you what, I won't watch it this week. I will do my best not to watch it this week. And maybe next week I'll watch two episodes and we can chat about it. Make sense? Yeah. 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 That sounds good. good to me. That sounds good, good to me. And and do you do you want me to 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 wait till you start watching it so we can do like watch parties and we can chat back and forth about it? No, 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 no. You can talk about it because I'm going to end up watching it anyway, irrespective of whether or not you give me any spoilers, but you won't. Fair enough. I won't. I I I, I won't. I'll do my best not to. No, yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I, I saw an interview with him and he was saying that that the one thing he was looking he he was really glad about this series was that it gave him the opportunity to represent um his character as a fully rounded human being instead of just someone who slides in and then slides out again of with course. no yeah. family doesn't need to rest and what have you. you you see him actually doing all that stuff so yeah. Because this this show is the is the first time he is front and center. He is the main character of this show. Uh, he's the protagonist, right? So, because you're right, in all the other ones, he's just he is just popping in, giving exposition, setting them on their missions, helping out occasionally, and that's it. You don't get to see much about him. This one, he's the one that is running. Uh, he he he's the one that is surrounded by the mystery and everything that's there. So yes. I'm looking forward to it. Mm. But before before we jump into like film and TV news and talk about that, I want to ask you, have you seen Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 yet? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. So do you remember what I said? I'm going to say this real quick. I know we don't have that much time because we've got some exciting guests that we're going to talk about in a few seconds, but I'm going to ask you this question. Do you remember what I said um, about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3? Uh, my my level of, of levels of anticipation about going to watch the film. Yes, and I remember sending you an article which says that Guardians of the Galaxy comes in and does it again. It lifts the whole of the series of Marvels to another level. 170,000% absolutely right in that article. And I knew that was going to be the case. I didn't want to hold my expectations too high because I, I didn't want to get disappointed. But I came, I saw, I cried like four times in the cinema while watching it. It, it. it does. James Gunn knows how to do ensemble cast. He knows how to do weird and wacky. He knows how to do special effects, which I'm going to compare with DC and The Flash, which if you've seen, he's got, we, we'll have a conversation about that. And while I did enjoy Flash a, a little bit, yeah, there's some issues, but we'll talk about that another time. But Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 absolutely slaps, man. It is fantastic. He closes off that trilogy with such panache that you're like, man, Marvel are going to miss you. We we will talk about it. It's been said by numerous people how this new phase, and what, what are we on? Phase 7, four, I think? It, it, four or five. Four, I think. For whatever phase we're in in Marvel, um, and it's it's it had a little yeah phase five actually we're in phase five because there was a little bit of a hiccup and it's supposed to end phase four ended with or rather phase five began with uh, Ant Man Ant Man Quantumania and then we moved into that so that's where we're now introducing Kang and whatnot and all of the stuff that we've seen has been with the exception of Spider Man No Way Home 
which I thought was excellent. I thought that film was just amazing. Um, so with the exception of that one, all the others that came in were, uh, they were great at best. And by great, I'm using a lowercase great. This one smacks. We're going to spend an entire episode talking about Guardians of the Galaxy. So we'll come back. And besides, I want you to watch it first so we can talk. And we're going to do straight up spoilers. Anyway, it's been announced. Anyway, you're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're going to jump into film and TV news in just a bit. We have two great guests for our show today. We have, first of all, uh, Jenna Suru, friend of the show, who's going to be coming in and talking about all her projects. Love talking to Jenna. And then we're going to be talking during our spotlight to comedian Louise Atkinson, who is going to be doing her Edinburgh run with the show Mates from the 2nd of August to the 27th of August, but also she's doing some London viewings. Uh, it, we don't we don't actually get to talk about it during her interview, but her uh, London showings, her London dates are on the 22nd of June, which you won't be able to get if you're listening to this, but the 30th of June and the 6th of July. You can go onto her page, uh, which is uh, neon.page slash Louise Atkinson to find out where she's doing her London uh, shows. So you can go and check it. It's the Penn Theater. You can go and check the previews on there. Uh, and 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 wonderful. Anyway, let's jump into film and TV news. <laughs> Listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. I'm producer Dave. And once again, once again, we are delighted to have friend of the show back on the air with us. She's been touring the globe, doing all sorts of filmmaking, wonderful stuff in fanciful places like Japan and Saint Tropez and LA and whatnot. And but yet, she's still gracious enough to take some time to sit down and talk with us, her good friends at Shoot the Breeze. Please tell us your name and uh, let us know where you currently are at the moment. Bonjour, thank you very much. I'm Gina Suru and I'm currently in Paris, heading to Monte Carlo shortly for the TV and streaming festival. And it's always a pleasure to be back, Marcus. And with producer Dave, of course. Thank you. Of course, Brazil. See, every time we speak, every time we speak to you, you're in Paris, you're in Cannes, you just, you, you're just, you're, you're flying around doing all the glamorous stuff that we wish we were doing. Um, well, soon. We, the plan is, I'm going to drag producer Dave out of his, out of his cave, and next year we're going to end up in Cannes at some point. And uh, I don't care what you say, producer Dave. Um, you, you, he's muted himself right now, so that's good. I can say this. Uh, we're going to drag him, and we're going to come see you in Paris. So let's let's jump to you, uh, Jenna. Jenna, what what have you been doing lately? Tell the audience what you've been working on lately. Well, actually, this year was really exciting for me personally because it was the first year I was accredited as press at the Cannes Film Festival. And as you said, Marcus, Cannes is definitely the one rendezvous during the year, it's mostly about Cannes in terms of um, at least French sales agents, but probably many more uh, than that and also friends in the industry. So it was really exciting because I think this year was extremely positive. I didn't get to see so many other films, but I did uh, cover some topics which I think are urgent and of interest. So for instance, at the UK Pavilion, 
uh, on the very first day of the Marche, I was actually um, myself speaking on a panel at Film USA Org uh, on the other side of the Marche. And at the UK PAV, there was an excellent conversation uh, with Catalyst Studios, which is a studio based in the UK. And they work a lot with the US. Actually, they work a lot with the studios. And we had a great conversation about um, working with France and working internationally. And uh, Holly there, who is the head of the fund and the producing and development, she was very clear about working a lot with Hollywood because the way that uh, we worked with France so far didn't really match their values. So it was a great conversation. I think it was actually a really good icebreaker for the whole year. Uh, Cannes uh, is always, um, and this is why I love this festival so much, is because it's a, it's a great place for conversations that actually attract new stories, uh, new storytellers, but also really um, move all the industry up. And I think that's really urgent. Yeah, you're right. And I, I agree with you with the fact that uh, what a lot of people who don't know much about Cannes, they, they assume it is just a film festival where people go and watch films. But that is, while that is a, it is the most visible part of the entire festival, it's probably only about 30% of what the, what the event actually is over the two or so weeks that people are there because majority of what's happening obviously is a film market. So you have uh, uh, areas where you can go and, and check out, you can see uh, films uh, sales stalls with different new projects of various films that are out there. But then there's also a massive area, which is just for networking for different filmmakers from across the globe to sit down, have conferences, learn, uh, interact, and uh, and and sort of establish those you know those networks where you can then go forward and start building on your own projects. Now for 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 this year, I know you've been there, you've been going regularly uh, in the networking tents in Cannes. Uh, so what what were some of the uh, great highlights for you personally that came out of networking with people in Cannes? Uh, we had a, a great conversation with the Netherlands. Um, the Netherlands have a wonderful cinema that, uh, because of my ignorance, I'm, I'm very unaware of. Uh, so we did, uh, in the tents, uh, precisely had a great meeting with about five um, filmmakers from there and also the head of press, of the, the head of PR, actually, at Rotterdam Film Festival, which I never attended before and which I, I highly want to attend. Um, we also had a great conversation in the tent of the pavilion uh, that is on the Marche of Switzerland, uh, because Switzerland has a wonderful cinema. And that I know uh, for a fact, as we screen Alakachu earlier this year, as you and producer Dave uh, Marcus know. And so we are uh, working with them um, ways to uh, get our filmmakers to travel, uh, because the core of our work will always be programming. And of course, the, the last thing we want is for you not to be able to attend your screening. Um, so we're, we're, we've been also working with them. Uh, we're really excited about developing our, our relationship with Switzerland because it's also a beautiful message of, um, of peace. Um, and um, aside of um, what is happening in the tents, um, we also, um, uh, of course, are present um, in the... Um, in, in the actual Marche, 
Uh, so, for instance, with Film USA Org, uh, which is um, a relatively new organization compared to the AMPAV, American Pavilion, uh, and it regroups all the film commissions of the U.S. We um, opened the panel program with them, and I was speaking in particular about uh, cross-national partnerships and also how you can market your film. Uh, so basically, once your film is done, uh, what do you, what you do with it, um, which I believe should actually be the first conversation even before development, but that's another story, I, I suppose. And you, you mentioned, because you mentioned uh, that you're more about programming, you're talking about your festival, Paris International Film Festival, where a lot of great filmmakers, actually up and coming, uh, raw, passionate, talented filmmakers are coming out. Like this year, for example, we got to meet people like uh, Maya Albanese, who was doing The Ringmaster, a number of other projects. Uh, were you able to interact with some of those people? I know obviously Paris International Film Festival was in February earlier this year. Were you able to uh, connect with some of those filmmakers from either this year or previous uh, film um, Paris International Film Festival entries at Cannes this year? Absolutely. And thank you for mentioning this point. I think it's very important for our festival because we are relatively smaller film festival in comparison with a festival like Cannes or even Randall's. And uh, Maya Albanese, the director of The Ringmaster, which was awarded at the uh, recent annual edition in February, we speak with regularly. Actually, we didn't get to uh, meet in person at Cannes for a very good reason, because we were all very busy, which is a very good sign. Uh, we, our filmmakers usually at Cannes, we support, sometimes we run into for sure at events, but most of the time we we try to guide them or, or give some kind of uh, advice for those who are attending uh, for the first time or who are having a specific goal and we can connect them with our connections or over filmmakers sometimes, producers uh, for sure, but also organizations, uh, which is I think key because it's mostly about partnerships and teamwork rather than individuals just hanging out anywhere at any festival. Um, so uh, that's something we we uh, we do. Uh, I think uh, sadly she couldn't attend the mini edition because she was actually uh, she uh, she she was unavailable. But um, we um, we 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 always um, do our best to support our filmmakers. And the mini edition, which uh, just uh, closed, was incredibly successful, and it's definitely going to be reconducted. So there is always more. There is always more happening. That's always, it's always fantastic to hear how you're still interacting with all the people from the Paris International Film Festival, which has been running for like three years at least now. Uh, it's great to see that you're still working with them, still creating that network, uh, building it of, you know, building a network of talented filmmakers that in four or five years from now, we're going to be seeing them as household names uh, coming up. So it's great to know that we, we, were, we met them at this stage. And so when they forget about us completely, uh, we, you know, we can say, hey, we knew that person. And our kids can say, no, shut up, old man, and whatnot. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. And I'm producer Dave. And we are speaking with Jenna Suru, filmmaker, uh, film festival director of the Paris International Film Festival, uh, and uh, massive friend of the show. 
Uh, we love having you coming onto the show and telling us about your uh, about the mostly about the, the film festivals that you're running. You're interacting with other people. Uh, you introduce us to, as I said, very passionate, talented people. Uh, but yourself, you're a filmmaker as well. And one of the first uh, films that we talked about with you was uh, Large Door, The Golden Age. See, pretty safe. I got it right this time. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. I didn't mess it up. Well done. Uh, Thank you, thank you. Uh, so I, so I hear, I hear rumors that you're bringing Large Door back to the UK at some point soon. Tell us a little bit about that. Very soon, uh, actually, Large Door was, uh, which is my my debut feature as a director, um, opened the uh, mini edition uh, inauguration at Le Champo uh, in the heart of Paris uh, a few days ago. It was on June the seventh, and there was a second screening. And also we had a, a great program about sports because we are starting to think about the Olympic Games, as we should. We're really excited about sports uh, bringing a lot of, uh, uh, I think, of transmission, but also a lot of change, which uh, you both know are, and I think our audience know is key for us too and for our filmmakers, admittedly. So we... Um, we were really excited to uh, have such a success at the mini edition uh, with actually with one of my films as luck would have it. So um, we uh, are also bringing Lash Door to, uh, to London and Liverpool. So the screenings will be held at uh, Everyman's Cinemas, uh, which we are really excited about because we think it's a, it's a great uh, independent chain in the UK, which we really uh, appreciate because uh, Originally, though my production company is French, um, I was actually living in London uh, and learning a lot from UK independent cinema. Uh, so it's it's great that uh, Everyman Cinema is uh, is uh, taking the lead on this um, on this uh, distribution path. And uh, I want to mention also our work with um, TV Sacmont because they've been uh, accompanying us for about two years and a half now and now we are creating an association for the festival we'll always keep uh, supporting producers and uh one of the filmmakers which we actually screened his short that was pretty much financed by tv segment actually it was supported by an ngo uh in new orleans created with yana uh, which is financed by tv segment and um the filmmaker is going to be in Paris uh, at the end of summer. So we are also programming something for his film. It's so beautiful. It's called Tambou. So we uh, are really excited because as you both know, uh, you've both seen the films. Producer Dave at the cinema at a very epic moment and uh, Marcus later at an equally epic moment. <laughs> Next, um, we are really excited because um, uh, it's a film about uh, traveling and it's a film about artists who fight for change. So it's it's beautiful to see Lashdor having an impact in reality of what it was originally made for. And as you said, it's going to be at the Everyman Cinema in Liverpool. Is, is, that, is that correct? Uh, what date and how can people get tickets to go and watch that? So it's actually going to be screening at the Liverpool Cinema because first it's a, it's a tribute to the Beatles. Uh, I mean, if one band changed the world, it probably has to be them. Um, and also uh, at um, another Everyman Cinema in London. However, I will have to hold the dates because I need to check with um, some of uh, other uh, partners, but it's definitely happening very soon. So it will be probably a, a good reason for me to 
have to jump on your show, you know, and make time for you both. <laughs> and we, anytime, like I keep saying, anytime you want to come to co-host the show with myself and producer Dave, and we can drag Laura back into the studio, we'd be happy to have you on board. Uh, so whenever you're ready to release the, the dates, come back on, we'll talk to people, we'll get, we'll push it out as quickly as we can so we can get as many people going to watch Large Door in on the big screen, which is where it's meant to be seen because of how beautiful it's shot. You did a tremendous job on that on that film uh, for your debut. I, I, said, I said to you the very first time I watched it, it just threw me back to those, to, to, to watch it, growing up watching those French films from back in the day where it's just, a beautiful woman on a Vespa driving through, riding through Paris. Immediately, I was thrown back to that, watching that film. So I, I, it definitely needs to be seen on the big screen. So come back on when you have the dates, and we'll broadcast it to as many people as possible. And You're about yeah, I really want to add something, because uh, at this precious time, uh, because uh, the projectionists at Le Champot do an incredible job. Frankly, I've never, I've rarely seen a cinema where the projectionists are so passionate about their work. Um, and they do, uh, they always do their best to accommodate filmmakers. But at the same time, they have such, um, uh, they're really difficult with the image and the sound. And I completely agree with you, Marcus. I think the theater experience is first, of course, very important. But really, your experience changes depending on the cinema. So it will be great to see Large Door again in London in another cinema because it's screen at Genesis Cinema before. Uh, and it was it was also a really special moment in time, wasn't it? So this is what we love about cinema. We love to live it together. And I really want to also thank uh, technicians because uh, they really bring a lot to uh, the experience of our audience. And I think it's important to keep in mind. Uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, we could jump. I could, I could pretty much regurgitate some of the 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 rants that uh, a film critic Mark Kermode has had about how great, uh, you know, the film, you know, the the film projectors are, but how is now we're moving on to more digital and how there's, you know, the death of 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 that industry, how it's destroying the, you know, the films that you're watching at cinema. Um, but I'm not going to do that. That's not for me to to say. Uh, but I completely agree with you. It's a it's a talented it's it's a talent that is slowly dwindling as we move into a digital age and people are more are moving more towards that uh, that uh, use of technology. And so when you get the opportunity to watch film in the way it's as they say supposed to be projected, you should definitely take that opportunity to do so. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. I'm producer Dave. And we're here with filmmaker. Film Festival Director Jenna Suru, producer of, uh, she's, she's a producer with the company Belle Epoque Films. She's got the Film Festival, Paris International Film Festival, and she's the, the writer, director, and lead in the beautiful Parisian flick, uh, uh, Large Door, The Golden Age, uh, which is going to be shown pretty soon. She's going to let us know what the dates are. Uh, the next time she comes in, uh, Jenna, I want to jump back to you just to talk to you personally about because you've been you've been very very busy with the festivals and with programming films and, and so on. Uh, when do you get? I want to say I don't know if you ever have time to sit down and watch films just for your own pleasure and relaxation. Can you tell us any films that you've been uh, you've had the opportunity recently to sit down and watch, not because of the festival, not because you're you're programming it. 
just to say, look, I need to de-stress, otherwise I'll lose my mind. Have you seen anything recently? And tell us about it. To be frank, it's starting to be uh, difficult for me to watch a film where I've not, uh, you know, like uh, been speaking at very least with someone who actually impacted it massively. So it's, uh, and it's beautiful. This is what I love about cinema. Uh, actually, frankly, when I really want to, uh, you know, kind of relax, I, I watch a patrimoine movie. Uh, Les Choses de la Vie, uh, you know, Claude Sauté, um, La Piscine, The Pool. Like I, I watch a movie which dates back into time. Uh, as you know, L'Age d'Or is, is also a period piece. Um, I think it's extremely, it's actually really refreshing to see films that were made um, a long time ago. I also love animation, uh, especially, it's hard for me to forget the masterpieces by Disney, but I love uh, uh, some of the more recent ones. That's uh, the kind of films I love to watch when uh, I need to relax because even TV series now, I mean, I, I love watching my friends on camera and uh, I love uh, like hearing their words, you know, but then it's hard for, for me to be completely, um, I think it's more easy for me with animation because I'm more, uh, I'm a lot more ignorant of animation. Um, I really hope we can attend and see finally next year because I think their work is absolutely phenomenal. And I think it's very important because uh, animation uh, enables you, uh, it really enables you to um, tell stories that you cannot say with uh, live action. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I still love Droll, you know, our juror, Younes Boussi was on it. I'm so sad it was not renewed uh, by Netflix for a, a second series because uh, I thought it was a very high quality show. And and uh, I, I just thought the, the, the idea also to have a, a series with unknown actors was a really uh, a beautiful idea that we should see more. But yes, it's it's up to, uh, I guess, the programmers at this point. From your lips to God's ears, just new more, more TV shows and films with uh, unknown actors, just so that we can get a new crop of talent uh, into, into the industry so people can see them and then make them into celebrities and stars and then bring in a fresh group that absolutely is, it's edgy, it's new, uh, it, you're looking at just talent as opposed to legacy and nepotism and so on and so forth. Um, and also, as you said, you want to see more animation films. So animators, if you're listening, make sure you go on and uh, submit your animation uh, your animation projects to Paris International Film Festival. Get let next year, let 2024 Paris International Film Festival be flooded with animation uh, projects so that Jenna can get her fill of, uh, of talented animation uh, that is out there. Uh, Jenna, I want to thank you very much for joining us today to talk about your projects, to talk about everything that's going on with you. We're just happy to just sit there and, and chat to you as well. Just in <laughs> We don't get to do that nearly as much as I would like to do so. So uh, definitely we're, we're happy to hear that you're going to be coming back to let us know when Large Door will be playing in Liverpool and in London. So I uh, will hold off until that point. And then when you come back, we can talk about it a little bit more. And this time we'll be back in person. Because I'm coming to you guys. <laughs> exactly. We're definitely going to arrange where we can all sit down and have a drink and we'll do a recording in person where we can say, hey, it's been how many years since we've, we since we all sat together in a room? I would say 2019 at the very early, you know, very uh, earliest or latest I can think of was the last time we were all in the same room together. So we need to rectify that quickly. So, yes. 
I agree. I agree. And it was a great time. Uh, and I'm I'm very thankful for technology. But I think uh, doing bringing this back for a belly pock film production is is very funny. You know, it's going to be a lot of uh, it's going to be a great moment to be back with you guys. Exactly. Excellent. Thank you very much, Jennifer, for joining us. Merci. Merci beaucoup. That was our conversation with Jenna Suru. Uh, let's jump straight into Spotlight with Louise Atkinson. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. And I'm producer Dave. And we have with us a comedian who is going to be taking her show up to Edinburgh Fringe Festival this year. Her show, Mates, is running from the uh, 2nd to the 27th of August at the Gilded Balloon. It's it's a prestigious uh, uh, um, Edinburgh Fringe location. Very lucky to ever watch anybody perform there. Very lucky to be performing there. Uh, we're going to let this lady introduce herself and uh, throw straight, straight off the bat. We're going to ask her, what is her favorite comedy movie of all time? So please tell us your name and what is your favorite uh, comedy movie of all time? Uh, hi, lads. Thank you. That was a good introduction. You got a lot of details there. Fair play to you. I'm gonna, I've been practicing. Pretend, yeah, yeah I'm going to say if you rehearsed it, it was just on a post-it note. But I'll, either way, I'll, I'll take it like, fair play. Um, favourite comedy movie of all time? That's that's a big question. Uh... <laughs> if, it's that, if it's that good, it's just going to jump to your head like that. So it's like, I tell for you, me... My, uh, my favourite comedy moment from a movie of all time is sure. uh, the sister in Dirty Dancing when she's trying to do the hula honor at, yes. the, at the bit. That is absolute perfection. That's what I strive for as a comedian, that level of comedic timing. Um, I thoroughly enjoy that. I laugh every single time. I much watch Dirty Dancing, well, pretty much once a month to coincide with another issue I have. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. You know, the, the fact you okay, so you mentioned that and... I know I know the scene you're talking to which you're referring, and it is <laughs> it, it, it's 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 leading up to the final big sequence, right? Where and anybody who's watched Dirty Dancing already knows what's coming up, what's yeah. going to be happening. Um, am I right in remembering that it, it it's it's her performance that's on that's it's she's dancing and she's singing just as the background action is happening in the audience? Is that correct? Yeah, like, and she's just yeah. wearing this coconut bra for no real relevance, and she's just the most ridiculous dance with the most horrific singing voice. And I just, I just laugh every time. It's just wonderful. <laughs> and yeah, and, and you know what? It's if okay. I, this is me off the top of my head. I've never considered this until you brought this up. The fact <laughs> that that song is singing in the is singing. That's the main thing that's happening on stage. And then we cut to what the main characters are doing, and yeah. it's it that the very serious moment that happens that's like the big the big moment right that happens and it's yeah. undercut with just in the background just her, <laughs> you know it's you know what i i've i have now come to give i from what you just said i now give dirty dancing a little bit more praise than what i because i hated that movie and I didn't hate, hate, hate is a strong word hate is a strong word because that would mean i actually cared about it but it's, it's, it's... <laughs> anyway, this oh isn't about me. This isn't about me. 
It's an absolute wonderful classic, man. You're missing sure. out. Sure. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm missing out. <laughs> I've, I've seen that particular scene numerous times for various reasons that we won't go into. But this is about you, Louise Atkinson. <laughs> um, so you're a comedian going up to Edinburgh Fringe. Let's start off, first of all, with your history. When did you start doing stand-up comedy? Um, it was in uh, 2018 I started. Uh, did uh, did a little... Basically, I, I was meant to buy... Uh, a comedy course for somebody I was dating at the time but they broke up with me so then I went oh sod it I'll do it um which was better really because um they wouldn't have done very well because they weren't very funny. <laughs> um so would have been a effort um so I went and did that and then yeah just just started from there and I was getting like a bit of momentum and then uh the apocalypse happened so I had to take a forced sabbatical like everybody else uh did although I was you know at that level I wasn't nearly affected anywhere near as a lot of my comedy colleagues were so it was much worse for them than it was for me but it was still a pause in the gap so now I'm I'm taking pause off I'm going full throttle again that's that's where I'm at so that's so a very good point that you I have two things I want to talk about um in fact let's let's go back to the first bit that popped into my head because that's how I do these things I love how you joined comedy in the same way in my head it's playing out similar to Marvelous Miss Maisel I don't know if you've ever seen that show Yes, uh-huh. it's it's sort of similar in 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 the sense that she only gets into comedy because she's there to support her husband, and her husband goes on stage and he's a complete hack. He's stolen someone else's material, and it works the first time because the people there don't really know that material. But the second time, it bombs horribly, and he then reveals to her that it's her fault that it bombed and that he's having an affair with her on her, and he breaks up with her. And then she goes nuts and goes on stage, gets drunk, goes on stage, and she's hilarious. And that's what kicks off her, her career. So it's kind of the same thing with you. You trying to support your partner who you felt might or might have suggested to want to do stand-up comedy. He was a douche, and then he got lost. And then you went and do stand-up comedy. And now, um, so, that, that's, so that's, that's one thing. The second thing you talked about was the apocalypse, i.e. COVID <laughs> happening. Um, and I just we just had a conversation with Esther Manito, who mentioned yeah, did you know? yeah, and she talked about how for her doing Zoom sessions was great, was terrific for her, which is not what I've heard any other comedian say <laughs> about <laughs> doing a. How did you? How did you find doing your stand-up shows during that period? Um, I mean, that does sound like something uh, Esther would enjoy because she could just turn her laptop off and then go and be with her kids and enjoy her life. Uh, the rest of us <laughs> had to go and sit in our depressing home. Um, I I did not. I was like everybody else. I did not enjoy. It. I didn't do that many of them actually because I had uh, I have a, I had a full time day job as well, so I was spending nine to five. Um, anybody who's got a office type day job when you were nine to five back to back on meetings the last thing I wanted to do was then go on yet another one and try and be funny just to see you know I don't know Sandra and Lester give me an emoji thumbs up instead of a laugh like it was just I just couldn't <laughs> cope, you know um it was already too much so no I I I wasn't a fan um but it was it was it was really interesting you know because when all comedians said this when we were first allowed back out again it was almost like this beautiful grace period where you could go to any gig anywhere in the land and everybody would be so happy you were there and you didn't have to do that much as a comedian as a comedian it was like what you dream every gig is like because it was just very happy people who were just happy to be out of the house 
Um, I mean, it's now gone back to normal and everybody's like, you better impress me. Like, you know, it's gone it's swiftly gone back to normal. Um, but there was this beautiful golden grace period where we um, got this <laughs> harmonious. Everybody was having good gigs across the board situation. Everyone's just happy nice. to be alive and out in public. Um, yeah, pretty much. Having, yeah. Uh, keeping safe distance from each other, arm's length from each other. And you're right. <laughs> yeah. Right now, it's you're having hecklers sitting on stage with you. Um, and it's likely it never happened. So I understand exactly. <laughs> yeah. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus Iaco. I'm producer Dave. And we are here with Louise Atkinson talking about her Edinburgh Fringe Festival uh, performance, which is called Mates, which is going to be running from the 2nd of August to the 27th of August at the Gilded Balloon. Um, now, I've already thrown one question at her, which she was not prepared for. I'm going to throw another one, yeah. <laughs> and then we're going to jump into uh, talking about mates. Uh, so who is your favorite um, comedian who has now made it big as a TV or movie star? One of my idols of all time was Victoria Wood, but I don't think that's who you're asking for me at the minute. You're uh, somebody I know at the minute. Um, I am very good friends with her and I'm incredibly proud of what she's achieved but um, what Maisie Adam is doing at the minute is just absolutely phenomenal and it's through nothing but graft and I would love to say something really sarcastic about her but I can't I'm just very proud of her I think she's done a really fantastic job um, she's just hankered down and just absolutely got on with the job and smashed it you can be sarcastic about her it's fine it's, it's, it's alright <laughs> <laughs> well if anything she needs to come off TV it's too much yeah. we're having too much of her if anything exactly let her leave, let her leave some room for more people who are coming up through the ranks to be able to get their opportunity to to show up on TV. Um, so mates, what is mates about? Um, I mean, look, I'd really love to tell you some nice waffle that it's oh, it's this really artistic in depth uh, look at the emotional psyche of uh, friendships. Um, mostly, it's just me prattling around, giving a load of really silly stories about how daft my mates are, um, of which they are. Um, <laughs> And yeah, it's just sort of looking at the role that friendships play in our lives and the different types of friends we have. Um, it's also looking at friendship breakups because I think we all have them, but we don't talk about them. And I think it's quite funny. Um, we're just sort of like going around like, you know, Marcel Marceau's going, I'll act out that I've got a problem, but I'm not going to tell you. That <laughs> would be ridiculous. Um, so yeah, so it's just it's just about that really. It's just a big, silly laugh. So, uh, that I'd like to so since your show, since your show details are about your your mates and people that you're in your life, um, do these mm. people get the? Do these people come and watch your show? Uh, and if they do, what sort of feedback do you get um, when you're describing them on stage? Um, so this is the thing. I have a no friend policy to come to my shows, which my best friends ignore completely of course they do um they go Lou we'll be doing whatever we want thank you very much then come and the reason I don't want to come is because of how honest they are <laughs> with their feedback because let me tell you when you when you got friends that close they they will be honest which is both their good and bad quality um so they'll be you know everyone else will be trying to nice you when you've died uh, died uh, that evening and your friends would be like to be fair you were awful there were you like I've seen you be but yeah yeah thanks for that uh, Lisa, thank you. I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> and you are in the wrong. You're wearing the wrong top again. Thank you so much for your for your input. 
Um, but you know, it, I, I love them very much, and we're all that brutally honest. I totally, um, so. I totally understand where you come from. For my my shows, <laughs> I've been doing stand up comedy for one year, and I I don't invite my friends. I I producer Dave has come to see me once maybe, and that was it. It was. Um, yeah, it's just, no, it's not. It's not his fault. It's because I don't invite <laughs> him to when I do my my. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He looks like a real friendly bloke. I'm sure, Dave. You'll have a good thing to say. Won't I you? I went to two or three of his shows in actual fact and I gave him constructive and I mean constructive oh, <laughs> criticism when he asked me I did not offer it so, two or okay. three producer Dave you came you came the one show I remember that you came to you were holding a camera which I appreciate because I got to watch what was happening but, <laughs> look, but I noticed that you did not laugh a single time and your excuse for that was that because you were holding the camera you would be shaking the camera if you laughed which that was that that particular gig. I mark it as a learning point because it was it, it, barely anybody was laughing um, because I was trying out some new jokes and I was like, huh, so that's what it sounds like when, <laughs> <laughs> when the audience go quiet. I'm going to correct you there because yes, I was holding the camera and I was really, really, really trying not to laugh. But the one time I did laugh and laugh out loud, I did, the camera shook all over the place, and you noticed. Which I, I, I... Hey, to be honest, it sounds like you were just trying to get a you've been framed clip. Like I, just stacked it off this stage. I'm gonna get 250 quid yeah. here. I've smashed yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was trying my best to make sure that he got the full experience as I did, but uh, it was hard. <laughs> uh, there was, it, I, I just lost it at one particular point, and the camera shook all over the place. And he was like, "Dude, what was going on?" I said, "I was laughing." <laughs> so, there you go. But, but for the rest of the performance, he was holding the camera really steady. So when he adds yeah, the when he had yeah. The effect of the tumbleweed going past, it's much easier. Yeah. I, I put earplugs in. <laughs> um, just before you go on, Marcus, I want to just quickly go back to Louise because you did say something earlier that I was curious about. You said that one of your favorite comedians was Victoria Wood, and then you, you sort of like stopped. And I just was wondering because you said you were talking about your friends and everything else, what was it about Victoria Wood that you really liked? Um, I think it's a great question and I could probably go on for hours uh, about it. Um, I just, uh, oh, I want to say something really funny, but the truth is, is I just felt that she loved comedy and it came across. Um, so every time you watch her, it was incredibly comforting because I felt she really cared that you were laughing and not about just her looking good. Um, like I, I often, you know, people say uh, like that person's got funny bones. They're meant to. Because I do. I think everybody's funny. It's just how you carry it out is the difference. So you have some people that want to make others laugh because they want to be liked, but then you have other people who want to make others laugh because they want them to feel better. And for me, she because you could tell like she would pick certain particular words, so, and it was so clear she'd gone through every list possible just because she was like, "This is the funniest," and I know that it it works. Um, also, like hair and Julie Walters, what an absolute dream, you know. That, you're not watching that going, this is terrible. You never, you, nobody's watching two soups going, what a dreadful sketch. Like nobody's having that. You knew what you were getting. It was a comfort. It's a comfort. That's why I, I, I loved her so much. Yeah, among so many other reasons. Victoria Wood, she pretty much, she on any um, best of, of, you know, top 10, top five comedians, British comedians especially, she's always there in top five because uh, she was fantastic, great work, very talented. And one thing I remember, um, <clears throat> you mentioned Julie Waters, uh, that she said about, because of the sketches that she wrote, um, was the fact that she would always write 
to make Julie Walters be the main yeah. funny person and she would just be the background character or the person who sets her up to to get most yeah. of the laughs, which is fantastic. But that's the thing, right? Because that's what she understood. She understood that the objective was to be funny, not that she just had to be the centre of attention. So she would always, you could tell, just shared because she had a basically nice little group that she worked with and she knew how to make every single one of them the best they could possibly be by writing specifically for them um because you know Celia Imri as well I remember watching the interview with her she was like oh I saw Celia on like this show and I just thought she was brilliant and I just started writing this stuff for it like she was you know she was like we as a team make this funny um and you know because it's say when you're when you're doing you know club nights or whatever like yeah you do have rowdy stag do's and rowdy hen pies but i tell you what if, if they're all up for a laugh you can play with them and it's like well, as long as the whole room's laughing that's the objective you don't i'm not precious about it having to come from me i mean a lot of it has to come from me i've, I've you know traveled I've, I've, I've got there but like you know as long as everyone's having a good time that's all that matters i i think personally yeah i've 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 seen a number of doing the tour you see a number of comedians who have their set list and that is exactly what they, every joke is rigid yeah. so anybody who even laughs inappropriately and knocks it out of the rhythm is like they get attacked massively it's like eh. I think you're in the wrong profession. So uh, maybe <laughs> you're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. And I'm producer Dave. And we are speaking with the wonderfully talented comedian Louise Atkinson, who is taking her show Mates to the Edinburgh Festival Fringe, Edinburgh Fringe Festival, which is running from the 2nd of August to the 27th of August. Now, uh, Louise, just to wrap up this interview, I'm going to throw a few quick fire questions at you. Right, let's do this. Um, so, let's go. so first of all, and I, this is going to be controversial, but it's because of a project I'm working on, which I'm going to do. Right. I want you to name... Right off the top of your head, don't think too much about it. Your top mm. five favorite British comedians. Go. Uh, well, so uh, Victoria Wood, Billy Connolly, um, uh, Josh Bolf, who's one of my mates, but he's just brilliant. He's going to be huge. Um, uh, oh, God, this is so difficult. Kevin Bridges and um, Joe Brand. Fantastic. Okay, that was that five. That was five. Yes, because yes. Okay. Yeah. Who was the Who was the the friend of yours? You said Joe. Josh Ball. Josh he's uh, go and check him out. He's uh, he's got loads of brilliant TikTok sketches. The man's he's also in Edinburgh this year, and he's just hilarious. Excellent. Um. Uh, yeah. Final 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 couple of questions. Uh, what TV shows are you watching at the moment that you think, uh, if anyone, I, I want to go with like you know guilty pleasure type tv shows but let's do that let's do, go guilty pleasure tv show that you're watching that if anybody were to find out you're watching it you would take that person and bury them where nobody else can find them um that's so easy to answer because bearing in mind how much i slag off all my friends for watching this stuff uh, i've started watching a jewish matchmaker which I'm not happy about, but I am blitzing through it. And if we want to edit that out of the show, I will not be mad about it. <laughs> oh, oh, no, we're not. We're keeping that. That's literally yeah, going to be yeah, the tag. I thought you would, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's great. Uh, if people want to follow you on uh, Instagram, TikTok, uh, and your, your road home map, uh, how, can people find, how can people find your tags? Um, so my Twitter and Instagram are the same. They're um, at underscore l atkinson underscore because it looks aesthetically pleasing 
Um, and then my Facebook and TikTok are uh, Louise Atkinson Comedy because they did not have a character limit. <laughs> fair, enough, fair enough. You just keep just yeah. And that is, yeah, we, we were scolded by a social media uh, consultant um, eight years ago about Shoot the Breeze because Shoot the Breeze has loads of different types of uh, social media tags. We've got on, on mm -hmm. Twitter where stb underscore resonance fm on instagram where shoot the breeze show and on facebook where shoot the breeze at resonance fm .com. so they're like what are you doing just all of them needs to be the same thing so louise we're passing the same message on to you just rebrand yourself you. <laughs> don't stop now just go oh, actually no do your edinburgh show which is going from the 2nd yeah. to the 27th of august mates at the guild balloon do that show and then take a hiatus where you rebrand and you come back all with the same social media yeah. tag. Yes. Yeah. And then just like do like go for like a blonde pixie cut as well and just absolutely completely reinvent myself. Just go full, full hog. Go like Prince as a symbol kind of level you, transformation. You know what? I, that makes perfect sense. You can even do it like yeah. Bowie, right? Where basically yeah. is a different <laughs> style. So you have that. Yeah. So you have your look. Uh, in fact, you, the image that you've got with the flash symbol across your face, that works as well. So this would be your, yeah. you know, that era, your starlight era. And then the next one will be your Barbie era. And then the next one, I don't know. Oh, that's going to be an interesting era, I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> Louise, have a fantastic show up in Edinburgh. And uh, whenever you're back down and you're free to chat, uh, feel free to come and talk Dirty Dancing movies with us. And, uh, and we'll chat soon. Thanks, mate. Pleasure. And that was uh, our conversation with Louise Atkinson. Very, very funny comedian. Honestly, I could have spent more time chatting to her. But obviously, we didn't have enough time. I'm, well, as soon as she finishes her run, we're going to bring her back. We'll chat a lot about stuff. Uh, so she's got... We, we, we didn't get to talk about it during the interview, um, but her show, Mates, she's doing a few London previews uh, before she goes off to Edinburgh. It's a work in progress. You can go to the Queer Club, the Queer Comedy Club, uh, in London on the 30th of June and you can check out her work in progress there uh, and if you get if you miss that one then you can go and catch her uh, at the tram shed which is 51st to 53rd of uh, Woolwich New Road London so you can check out that one is going to be on the uh, on the 6th of July that is so the 30th of July at the Queer Comedy Club and that's you for June what did I say? Oh, sorry. 30th of thank you. 30th of June at the Queer Comedy Club and the 6th of July at the Tram Shed. At Tram Shed. Go check out her stuff. If you don't catch those previews, then go up to Edinburgh and Edinburgh Fringe and check her, her show. You've been listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I want to thank everybody who's been around listening to us rabbit on about comedy, films, TV shows, and a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, my name has been Marcus E. Ako. And I'm producer Dave. Then thank you very much for listening. And speak to you all next time. Goodbye. Bye.